Last time on Culture File, we heard from Harold McGee about the conscious act of noticing the worlds our noses give us access to, what he calls listening to smells. This time, Harold takes us back to some of the earliest flowers and the odour information that possibly filled the prehistoric air. Flowers are relatively recent uh, invention on the part of plants. They've only been around for dozens of millions of years rather than hundreds or thousands of millions of years, relatively recent, and they arose in conjunction with the presence of animals and insects in particular, which are able to fly around uh, from one place to another. Plants have the disadvantage of being stuck in one place. They can't really get in touch with each other directly, so they rely on these go-betweens, insects, bees and uh, moths and many other insects, in fact, to carry pollen from, from one flower to another, and they beckon those um, conveyors of pollen with signals. Uh, some of the signals are visual, uh, and others are chemical. They give off small molecules to attract bees and moths and other insects to come and help themselves to some nectar. Your idea is that maybe when plants and flowers first tried to attract insects and other creatures, they did so not with um, the molecules that we'd now kind of consider floral and uh, pleasant, but the the opposite end of the spectrum. In fact, we, we don't really know for sure. That's a possibility because uh, plants had been dealing with insects for a long, long time before the invention of flowers, and so they probably adapted the the machinery for doing that in flowers. And the first insects that they may have beckoned may in fact have been insects that were um, more interested uh, in other aspects of vegetation, that is to say the nourishment that they can provide when they're decaying, when they're rotting. And so there are flowers today that attract flies by uh, imitating the smells of rotting flesh. And it may be that some of those smells may have been among the earliest smells that flowers uh, figured out to make. Culture has a lot to do with whether we find a, a smell pleasant or unpleasant. A, a lot of the chemicals that we find very unpleasant aren't necessarily dangerous or anything, but we have still developed a kind of code around when we find them acceptable and when we don't. Our uh, reaction to smells uh, depends on our database of experience. It depends on what we associate those particular molecules with, what, what experiences, what situations, what materials. And um, it's by being exposed to those things in the course of our lives that we develop associations and expectations. The origin story of the book is in the St. John restaurant in London where you experience grouse for the very first time. That's right. It was a very particular lunch uh, at St. John in London a few years ago when I happened to be there during grouse season. And uh, grouse is not something we ever see in the U.S. So I immediately decided I was going to have that experience. And I assumed it being a, a game bird that it would be kind of like pigeon or duck or, you know, one of those more full-flavored birds that I was already familiar with. 
and I was having a nice conversation, took my first bite of grouse, and the flavor was so unexpected, so unlike duck or pigeon, strong and meaty and funky and uh, complicated, that for a good 15 or 20 seconds, I couldn't get a word out. I was my my brain was just completely focused on figuring out what is this that I just <laughs> experienced and is it safe? Is it something that I should maybe be on my guard about? And uh, my companions at the table for a moment thought that I was having a heart attack or something. <laughs> it was an amazing, very powerful experience and it really emphasized for me that there's often something going on that we're not quite able to grasp, that we're not quite aware of. And that moment kind of raised that that mystery level for me to the point that I had to look further into it and understand what happened to me. The complication that we have is often the linguistic one because there you are talking about something that you ate. So we assume the experience of that is, is a taste thing, but taste and flavour and, and scent are, are more complicatedly interwoven than, than we give them credit for sometimes. That's right. Uh, the, the English language does not do us any favours when it comes to describing the experience of food and drink. Uh, because we will talk about the taste of something when what we really mean is um, something much more than taste strictly defined, which is the sensations we get on our tongue. Uh, we have a half dozen to a dozen different taste sensations, but we have uh, countless uh, odor sensations. And flavor is the combination of taste and smell texture as well, touch, uh, irritation, the, the experience of a bite of food uh, or the sip of a, a be beverage is a very, very complicated thing, and uh, taste just doesn't do it justice. The, the important thing about aroma is that it's what gives us the, the tremendous variety that we enjoy in flavors. We have uh, about 400 different receptors for smell in the nose. And unlike the receptors for tastes on the tongue, which pretty much report on one particular thing, sweetness or sourness or saltiness, uh, in the case of the uh, odor receptors in the nose, a group of them can participate in one sensation. So when we smell something, we're actually not smelling just one thing. Uh, we think, for example, of the smell of vanilla as being just the smell of vanilla. But in fact, the smell of vanilla is composed of many, many different molecules which are forming, you can think of it as a bit like a chord in music. It's not a single note. It's a chord that gives us an overall impression of vanilla. And those many different molecules interact with many different receptors in our nose all at the same time. And then that information is channeled to the brain where the brain puts all those different uh, interactions together into unified perception. Ah, that's vanilla. So it's a, a much more complicated sensation than taste is and actually still mysterious in many respects. We're still learning a great deal uh, every year about what exactly is going on between the molecule and the perception. Harold McGee there, and we'll have the final whiffs of that conversation next time on Culture File.